this message today trying to move a mountain with $5 faith or trying to move a mountain with $5 worth of faith, right? Too often we pray about and we speak about the big things. We, we talk to God about things that we think that we, that we need him for, right? Things that we think are big or, or that look like a mountain. We talk to God about the coronavirus. We talk to God about cancer. We talk to God about eviction, if you're facing eviction today. We talk to, about, to God about getting our utilities shut off. Right? If, if they, we talk to God, we come to God when it's seemingly a big thing, right? It seems overwhelming. It seems like a mountain. There was a couple times, I think I covered last week, that, that Jesus talked about moving a mountain. And one time he was talking about a fig tree, and the other time he was talking about a foul spirit. But a mountain in your life could be, he's not talking about a literal pile of rocks. A mountain in your life can be anything that looks so big that looks insurmountable to you. You can't get over it. You can't get around it. You can't get under it. You just don't see a way to the other side, right? That's when we usually come to God. We accept the runny nose, right, because I've got antihistamines I can take care of that with. I've got a means to take care of the small things is what I'm getting at, right? We accept the dry skin because I've got lotion. I can put some lotion on my hands. I don't need to talk to God about that. I got that covered, right? I don't need to talk to God about a headache because I got Tylenol. Amen? Am I the only one that messes up in this area? No. I forget to go to God with everything, even the small things, right? I forget to talk to God about doctor's reports because when a doctor gives me the report, so many times we feel like that's just the way it is. They know what they're talking about. That's where their education is. That's their field, so they must know what they're talking about, right? Or we believe the reports of people around us, right? We don't talk to God about it, though. What about our monthly bills that we have, that I have this job that I can cover those bills with? Do I need to talk to God about those things? Think about that. But we forget God in those things. We tend to overlook the things when we think we've got it or I have the means to take care of this thing because I got it. I can do it myself. God gave me this job that pays pretty good so I can pay my bills. But we forget to go, with, to, go to God in all the things. When, when, it, it's easier to nip something in the bud when it's small, right? Think about that. When something's small, when you've got a $5 problem, it's easier to take care of than a $10 problem, Right? It's easier to nip things. I'm going to relate this to money today because we know about money. We can see money, right? Some of us are all about the money. It's easier to nip at the bud when it's small than when it's bigger, right? It's easier to believe for something small than it is for something big is where I'm going with this. It's easier to believe for a $5 pair of socks than it is for a $500 grocery bill. Are you following me? Or a $5,000 eviction notice or whatever it might be. You put the tag on there. Maybe you need a new car and it's going to cost you $5,000 or need a repair on your car and it's going to cost you five grand. It's easier to believe for a $5 pair of socks, right? Or, or what about $5 million? What if you're facing cancer today or some serious illness and that's, that's, that's equivalent to five, it might as well be $5 million to you, right? You don't have the $5 million. It's easier to believe God for those small things though than the large things, isn't it? Is it not? Maybe you have $5 faith. Maybe you've, got, maybe you've got $500 faith. I've believed God for $5 many a times or things along that, uh, things along that line. So then it's easier to, to believe him for, for, for $500 faith, right? And I've believed him for things for $500 before. But $5 million, I don't think I've done that before. I know I haven't done that because I don't live in a $5 million house and we don't have a $5 million church. But all of our faiths are on some sort of a level. They're, they're all on a level somewhere. I'm just relating this to money, right? The $5 million looks a lot bigger than the $500, which looks a lot bigger than the $5,000, right? If we'll depend on God for the small things, though, you feel where I'm going today? If you'll depend on things for, if you depend on God for the $5 things, the $10 things won't seem so out, of, they won't seem so distant or so, so much of a stretch. Amen? We've got to develop our, th- our, our faith and, and, and release our faith on small things. Our faith has to be developed. 
But too often we start with a mountain. Amen? We don't come to God until we got a mountain in front of us. Something that we, I don't know how else I'm going to do it besides to go to God. i got to run to God because I don't know how I'm going to do it. We're trying to move a mountain with $5 faith. That's what I'm talking about. We haven't developed our faith in the small things yet. I keep forgetting that's up there. <clears throat> that sounds like a funny title, doesn't it? Trying to move a mountain with $5 faith. I'm hoping you won't forget that soon. Because we need to get on this and we need to develop our faith, right? We're trying to move a mountain with $5 faith because we haven't developed our faith in small things. Amen? And then we, we, we wait until we have a mountain in front of us, and then we try to leave, release some words on those things, and, and we feel pain, and we, and we see things, and we have a report, and we, and we have all these things going against our faith, and we haven't developed our faith in something little first. A lot of times we're in trouble when we do that. Are you following me? I'm not saying it can't be done, because it can be done. But if you already got a mountain in front of you, you better get started today. Amen? Get, if you haven't developed your faith, get started today. Get, and get, make it your full-time job to develop your faith. Amen? You better get started today, though. Ask yourself, what level is your faith on today? We preached last week about words. What level are your words on today? What are you speaking over yourself? What are your loved ones speaking over yourself? Who are you telling about this mountain that you got in front of us, that you, got, that you have in front of you? Because the more people you tell, the more people you got talking. Right? Saying words that aren't agreeing with what God's word says. What are your words saying? About your, about, your, about your problem today or what level is your, your words on. Whether it's for, for provision, whether you believe in God for provision, whether you believe in God for money, whether you believe in God for, for health, it's kind of like sin. It's kind of like sin is. It's easy to accept or compromise on the small things. Amen? Because, because of the small things of sin, we might not even realize it for a while. I had a man call and talk to me this week, and he was talking to me about Facebook, and I'm not going to use his name because I don't talk about people like that. If it was my wife, I could use her name. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're one. I can talk about me. But I had a man this week on the phone, and I was talking to him, and, and he said that he was learning how to use Facebook, and all these things were happening, and, and this woman uh, friend requested him. And I, I just started a Facebook account. I friend requested some of you all in here, and, and I've invited you to join the men's group page, and there's going to be more to come on that stuff. It's gonna, we're going to try to uh, get the men in the, in the district talking. But, but I've had people friend request me that I don't know have no idea who they are. They have mutual friends. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to be your friend on Facebook because I don't know what kind of junk you're putting on there, what you're bringing. And he said there was this woman on there that, fr that friend requested him, and he didn't know the woman. She was a friend of some of his friends, had mutual friends, and she was a beautiful woman, so he clicked on the thing to see what she looked like, and he said all kinds of things started popping up, coming out of there, and he couldn't get it shut off, and it just, things just kept popping out of there. <laughs> are you following me? I said, you didn't sin at that point. You didn't sin because you looked to see who the person was. But if you keep looking at those things that are popping out of there, eventually somewhere along the line you're going to cross the line. It's easy to compromise. It's easy to accept the little things, right? It's easy to accept the little friend request. The little friend request doesn't look like much of nothing. But what comes, that's how, just how the enemy works. What comes along with it? And if we're compromising, we're accepting less than what God wants to give us, right? Amen. I have, I, I, have, I have a thing in my email where I have a lot of junk mail that comes in, and you see people on there, and, and people are trying to sell you all kinds of stuff. People are trying to, to, to get, look at pornography and all, all kinds of things on there. And when I get anything like that on my junk mail, or on my, on my email, it goes directly to my junk mail. I've, got, I've wised up a little bit. I don't even look at it. I don't even open it up anymore because I know it's going to be junk. It's just junk mail. You put it over there, and you go to the junk mail, and you put select all, delete. Delete all of them. Get, get rid of all of them, right? That's how we should look at sin. 
We should just get rid of all of it in our life. Get, get rid of everything, even the small things that we might think might be all right to dabble a, bit, a little bit over here or do a little bit of that. Are you following me? Seems like I'm getting off on a rabbit trail a little bit, doesn't it? But it's kind of the same thing. Because we're, we're settling for less is what I'm talking about. We're trying to move a mountain with $5 faith. It's kind of like getting off into sin, and, and, and you think a little bit's okay. But why do, why do we have to put up with anything? Why do we have to put up with anything that the enemy tries to put on us? Any sickness, any disease, any lack. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's my father. He's, he's grafted me into, into his family. He's adopted me. Why do I need the lack? Why do I need to want? But we put up with a little bit of it. A little is all right. We forget even to talk about God about that. <clears throat> Don't accept the little things. God's word says you have the authority over everything with a name. Everything with a name, lack, doubt, fear, unbelief, sickness, disease, coronavirus. We have authority over all those things, right? Ephesians 1, 19 through 23 says this. <coughs> I'm going to give you just a second to look it up. Y'all are kind of a somber bunch today. You stay up late last night? Yep. <laughs> I was up at 2 o'clock this morning while you're turning there. I was up at 2 o'clock this morning. I woke up, and I felt like God was getting me up. You know how he does sometimes. It's the middle of the night, and I'm like, Lord, please let me sleep just a little longer. 2.30 came around. Nope, ain't going back to bed. So I got up, went to the bathroom, ended up taking a shower and shaving and, and doing all the things. I was like, maybe I can fall back. No, you're not going back to sleep. I was here about 3.30 this morning, 3.45, something like that this morning. So I feel your pain, <laughs> right? And I got to work. I've been off for two weeks, and I got to work tomorrow night. So Ephesians 1, 19 through 23 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Of whose power? Of God's power, right? Of his power to usward who believe. Who's he talking about? Us, right? Christians. Disciples. We talked about a little bit Wednesday. Christian and disciples pretty much, they go hand in hand. They're parallel words, right? A Christian is a follower of Christ, not just someone who comes to church. But you have to follow after Christ. Your life has to change and look like his, Right? We want to want to want to be more like him. We've got to get in and dig and have a relationship. That's where it's really at. People say that I'm religious, I'm a fanatical, I'm a nut. And I said, no, I just have a relationship. That's all it's about. I just have a relationship with God. But to usward who, who believe. So he's talking about God's power it, it is to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So it's to me. His power is to me, it says then. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought, or that word right there, wrought, is in the King James, means used, which he used to the working of, or which he used, I'm on the wrong line, 20 says, which he used in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So this same power that God possesses that he spoke the world into existence with, that he used when he raised Christ from the dead, this same power he's talking about here, right? When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in, in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. You get that right there? Every name that is named, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Not a little bit above. Not that it might be a power struggle. Not that you might barely get by. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and everything that was a name. If we just get that ascended right there, church, we'd be dangerous. We'd be dangerous to the devil if we just get that right there into us. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, right? put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So it goes on to say, which is his body. So we're the body and he's the head. How many of y'all know if you have to go to the bathroom really bad, you can't take your head off and leave it in your seat and run back to the bathroom? 
Can't do that, right? If you do that, we're going to be calling 911. It won't work. So spiritually, then, he's saying that we're seated with Christ, right, at the right hand of God. Amen? Amen? So the same power, the fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all. Christ fulfills all things in all things to the church, which is his body. This power is available to us today for everything, for anything. Stop putting up with the small things. We've got to stop receiving the small things and just putting up with it. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous man, it says, I'm paraphrasing here, but the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It, it, it carries much weight. He goes on to talk about Elijah or Elisha. I can't remember which one it was. I get those two confused all the time. But he prayed, and it didn't rain for three and a half years until they prayed again, and then it rained again. It's an Old Testament story. Check it out and read it, read it for yourself. But the world fears... I'm talking about this power still and us receiving these small things. The world fears the power of the atom. Atom bombs and, 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 and nuclear warfare, they're afraid. But we belong to the God of the universe. Think about that right there. Think of the power in that right there. We're grafted into his family. We belong to the God of the universe who created the atom and raised Jesus from the dead. This same power is available today, right now. Right now. God hasn't changed. God's power hasn't diminished one drop. One little bit, it hasn't diminished, right? There's nothing too difficult for him then. Amen? I thought y'all would get happy right there. There's nothing too difficult for my God. There's nothing too small for my God. Nothing too small, nothing too big. He cares about our needs. In Luke 12 and 7, it says that the hairs on your head are numbered. And even though I shaved my head, there's still some hairs there. And he knows how many there are. Talk about a small thing. I don't even know that about myself. He knows me better than I know me. You think he doesn't care for my needs? Think he doesn't care about the little things in my life? Let me ask you this. Do you care about your significant other's needs and, their, and, the, and the small things in their life? Amen? 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, casting all your cares upon him. How many of them? A few? So let me ask you this. Well, there's a prayer line. Should you wait in the back and wait for everybody else to get what they need first? You should run to the front. Because it says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The Bible dictionary on that word right there, care, says, through the idea of distraction. Through the idea of distraction. Think about all the things we get distracted with. All the things that we think we've got. We, we, we think that we have control over things. And those are the things we don't talk to God about. And we just keep those over here in our little area, and, and, and we take care of those ourselves. How foolish is that? How foolish is that? In the, in, in, the word, in the Greek, that word care right there means care or anxiety. All the things that you worry about, the things that you care about, bring them to him. Bring them to him because he cares for you. He cares enough about you to know how many hairs are on your head. He cares enough about you to have a plan for you before he even formed the earth. That's how much he cares for us. Why wouldn't we come to him with everything? Kids pray for dogs and rabbits and cats and I have one little boy that used to come here, and he'd sit here in the first or second row, and he would pray for the bull riders on TV. <laughs> Amen. They'll pray for everything. They'll pray for a cut, a scrape, a bruise. They'll pray for their parents. They'll pray for their parents' addictions. I've heard it all come from kids. Kids are honest, and, and, and they're forthcoming. But kids, kids will pray for those things, and, and they bring it all to God. They bring everything to God, little and big. Amen. We could take notes from some of these kids in here. My kids think I can fix anything. Amen? Why wouldn't we bring it all to God? Why wouldn't we bring it all to Him? They bring it all to Him. In Matthew 18, 1 through 4, 
let me find where I'm at here. Matthew 18, 1 through 4 says, let me give you a second to get there. That was on the board, right? <coughs> Everybody find it? First book of the New Testament. Go to Malachi and take a right. You'll be right there. Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 4. <coughs> Matthew, yeah. Yeah. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, this isn't the first time that the disciples were, were, were concerned with who was the greatest, right? They asked this question of Jesus more than once. In the kingdom of heaven, then Jesus called a little child to him, to him and set him in the midst of them. And said, Assuredly, verse 3 says, And said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as... As little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. There's, therefore, whoever humbles himself, to humble yourself means to bring below or to, sign, uh, to assign a lower rank. When I'm figuring out what I can take care of myself, am I being humble? Think about that. Am I assigning myself a lower rank? I'm figuring it out on my own without God's help, without his provision, without his plan, outside of his plan. That's, that makes me feel like I'm a very foolish man when I do that, when he brings it to my attention. And it goes on to say, as this little child, humble yourselves as this little child in the greatest. Uh, who, let me start four over again. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And this, this talking about little child there, children have simple faith. They just believe. They're reliant. Think about your kids. I, I, it made me think about Grace and Joe and Jesse. Jesse's completely reliant on us. He couldn't live through the night without us. If you just put him out and he was on his own, he'd freeze to death at night. A coyote might likely eat him or something where, where we live at, right? They're reliant on us. They're vulnerable. They're needy. Isn't that what he's saying we should be to God? We should be reliable to God. We, we, we should be reliant on God. We should be vulnerable to God, not figured out our own, not, not, not having our own plan or doing it our own way, but relying on him, right? When kids get a little older, though, like Grace, my seven-year-old, the little redhead, she thinks she might not need mom or dad anymore. This is where we're at a lot of times, church. We think we might not need everything from God anymore because we, we can take care of little things ourselves, and we end up shortchanging ourselves. They think, that they think they don't need mom or dad anymore, though, and, and, and they get independence, right? They start to, they start to learn to tie their shoes and, and do a few things for themselves. They can feed themselves with a fork now. Can't cook yet, but she thinks she's got it, thinks she's got it all figured out. It's a picture of us, church. She's independent while she lives in our house with our provision. She sucks up our air conditioner in the summertime, right? She takes a shower with our water and our soap and our towels. It's a picture of us with God. Think about it. She thinks she's independent while she's riding in our car, and she's telling us how to drive. <laughs> you laugh about it, but that's the same thing we do to God. We're living on his provision, the things he's provided. Even though I have a job and I can pay my bills, he gave me the job. He gave me the health to be able to go to the job and the ability to be able to do the thing anyway. and gave me favor with my boss that he didn't fire me already. Amen? I mean, God's provided everything. He's provided it all for us. And we're riding on his, 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 we're riding in his car and we're riding around in his provision. And then we want to tell him how, how to work his plan and how to work in our lives. And don't fool with the small things, God, because I got them already. I don't need you in that. 
I don't ever want to be guilty of that again by my actions telling God I don't need you in this aspect of my life. I don't need you here, God. That's just like us. God's got a plan. God's got provision. God's got healing. God's got eternal life. Contract's already been signed on it. We're just waiting on the delivery date. Right? Let's not squander it away by not receiving it or settling for less. My mom is the world's worst with settling for less. And I can talk about her because she's not here. I talk about her if she is here, though. I tell this story because she's one of the world's worst at sitting in the back. And there can be a prayer line going on. And, 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 and someone can call it out and it can be for the thing that she's hurting for. Are you following me? Some of us have been guilty of it. And she'll stay back there and let someone else get it. Like God doesn't have enough power to heal everybody in the room. Let's not squander it by not receiving it. By settling for, net, for less, for compromising in, in, in what, what we have or what, what, we, what our inheritance is and compromising in our standards, right? Um, let me put it to you like this. I'm working hard for my kids to have an inheritance. God sent his son Christ so that we could have an inheritance, right? He's paid for everything already. I'm working hard for all of our kids to have an inheritance. Now, how would I feel after I'm dead and gone if I could look down from heaven and see them and see them squandered away? Think about that, what that must be like. I know some people that, that, that have been inherited land and ground, and they've squandered it, and they're losing it, and they've lost everything they have. And their dad worked all of his life to get that for them. God spoke things in his existence, into existence. He put, he put the provision here for us. He sent Jesus to, to pay for it. He did all these things for us. And I'm afraid we squandered away if we don't, if we don't receive. We, we're looking to him for a mountain, but what about the small things? What about the daily things in our life? What about developing our faith past the $5 faith so that we can move them out when we get to there? Right? Because if you haven't believed God for, for a small thing before, you're going to have a hard time when you get to the big thing. When, you, when it comes to the mountain, it's going to be rough. You might be in trouble once you get to that point. If we could, just go ahead and get every head bowed this time. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord, and I love you, Daddy. I just praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would touch hearts here today, Lord. Touch minds here today, Lord. Use your word, Daddy, to change our, change our minds, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. Cause your words to fall on good, rich, deep soul today, Lord. Cause us to get into a deep and meaningful relationship with you today, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just draw these people into you today, Father God. Draw me into you today, Lord. I don't want to be guilty one more time, Father God, of counting on myself or anyone else, Lord, for small things, Daddy. Lord, I want to be vulnerable to you, Lord, needy to you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would set a fire in us today, Lord. Humble us today, Lord, if we won't humble ourselves, Daddy. Lord, cause us to be humble, Lord. Set a desire in our heart to be humbled, Father God, that we would sign a higher value to your plan, Lord, to your ways, Lord, to your provision. Lord, realize that everything that we have and everything that we are, Lord, even the breath in our lungs, Father God, is because of you. Daddy, we thank you for all that you do for us, Father. We praise you, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would just keep us safe until, until we come back here again, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.